Welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. I am your producer and editor, Johnny Gwynn. Folks, whether you've ever heard this show before or not, you know that we're all about delivering a real fishing report every week as fresh as we can and get that information into your ears before you head out onto the water for the weekend. But every once in a while, your host, Brian Sin, needs a week off. So, no new freshwater fishing report this week. But what we did... We went back to the same week in previous years, 2021, 2022, and picked out the pearls of wisdom from those past mid-February shows from our local pro and expert anglers and contributors. And I hope this flashback episode helps you this week hear a pattern, be able to put a pattern together, and then be able to go out in the water and fill the boat with fish. Enjoy this mid-February Alabama Freshwater Flashback Special. Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Fish Bites. For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to Fish Bites. We are the Fish Bites Nation, and this is your invitation. So grab some Fish Bites and get busy casting, because you can't join the nation without doing the catching. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Club Lures, or visit fishbites.com. Hey, let's get to our first segment with Cody Harris. Cody, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not much. Glad to have you back on here. You, you've been doing a lot of fishing lately. I know you have. You I always have. are. Been on the Gunnersville and Pickwick pretty much every day, seems like. Good deal, man. Well, let's talk about it. How things going up there? Man, I've been on Pickwick here these last few days until today. They have sucked the water down out of Pickwick. It is low as I've just about ever seen it. But, you know, the bite's still been pretty good, especially the quality. Gunnersville, Gunnersville's bite turned on, especially last weekend for those trap guys. Seems like, uh, seems like you know, not everybody got a ton of bite, but the uh, quality was there. Same thing on Pickwick, man. It's the trap bite, chatterbait, and, you know, a little bit of cranking and maybe a little bit of A-rig mixed in here and there. It's been good. Good, man. Do the fish seem like they've, uh, do they seem like they've moved up more? Uh, is, is that, is that what everybody's sound? You know, trap bite, I'm, I'm thinking shallower water for sure. So, yeah. uh, yep. sounds so, like yeah. that's what's happening. The underseal, they've really started to move up. They haven't really drawn it down at all. So the fish have been kind of a little bit easier to predict there. Now, Pickwick, when we had that last rain, I uh, wanted to say last Friday, no, last Thursday, I think we had that rain that brought the water up a little bit. And earlier in the week, I don't want to get my days wrong, but I'm trying to think what day it is. But now, what's the Thursday right now? Yeah, so whatever it was, the weekend before the BFL, they had the water came up, and uh, it was real good. All on Pickwick left because of that. And then they started bringing the water back down from 4.11. I think it got up to 4.11, 4.12, somewhere in there. And then now it's back down to 4.08-something. Good gracious. uh, yeah, they uh, they pulled up there for a minute, and it was real good. It was, I mean, I'm talking about as good as I've seen February, and uh, I mean, just just the quality bites has just been unreal. We've been averaging, you know, a six or seven pounder at least a day. Goodness. And uh, yeah, had a, several PBs been broken last week and earlier this week. Not uh, not here in the last two days because of the wind mainly. Uh, today didn't get to go out. Yesterday got really really breezy on us kind of got a little tough but other than that it's been fun fishing man man that is good that's exciting that's always always a time of year we always look forward to right i mean you know yeah. get into february and then march right around the corner and and it's just you know uh first of all it feels a whole lot better to be out there on the water when they think when the when the days start warming up a little bit but uh, it turns that's the fish right. on. <laughs> it turns the fish on too that's for sure so yeah, that's exciting, man. Glad to hear that Gunnersville is turning on. I mean, six, seven pound 
fish a day. I mean, you can't ask for a whole lot better than that, right? Right. I mean, it's just been, you know, one of those springtimes you're always, you know, last year, uh, last year the water was up. We had a lot of rain and stuff and it was decent. It's actually pretty good last year too, but we didn't have like, I, I can't remember a time where we've had so many big bites. One of my guys lost one, I would say was a double digit. It was every, every bit of nine. Dang. Um, lost boat the other day, just back treble hook kind of deal. And it's just, and I'm talking about it with his butt, but man, we were having a ball that day. Him and his fiance now came down for, or came up from Florida. Man, it's they just it, it put on a Pickwick really put on a good day for them, put on a show for them. But the chatterbait and traps and Alabama rig were a real big player for us. A little bit of cranking, but Gunnersville Alabama rig bite was really good up and up until this last little rain. The chatterbait bite and trap bite there too has been real good. But man, it's just been. I can't remember a time where we've had so many big bites. Yeah, that's day. awesome. So, you know, if we talk about the Alabama rig, and a lot of people, maybe maybe it's something that's new to them. Maybe they've never fished it a lot, but we hear a lot about it on the podcast, and, and I'm sure that, that other people talk a lot about it. But, you know, where are you using that? Are you fishing over the top of grass? Are you using it mainly in shallow water, or are you still trying to find, like, schooling fish, chasing and pulling it through there? Those areas that those fish pull up on the traps, if you know, cold front hits or something like that and they want to back out, usually you just get on the outside edges of those grass and try to try to maybe work it over a little bit of the grass, but mainly on the brakes and stuff like that. And then, you know, same things from, you know, creek channel bends and stuff like that, your old typical early pre spawn wintertime fishing things. That those tend to work right now too. But a lot of the stuff is just in Pretty much your typical areas with your chatterbaits and stuff. You just downsize the heads and try to keep it out of the grass the best you can. It's it's not weightless. It's Alabama race. It's got five you know five hooks, right. five baits, and not hard. It's it's not easy to keep out of there. But you know it's you can get rewarded for it if you can. So I mean it's especially when the water's clear and they're really lethargic. They'll they'll move a little bit to get a rig. You know they, they might yeah. not want to move far anything else. But they see five baits coming through there. They tend to be a little bit more. They get aggressive. Active. Yeah. That's right. Good stuff. Even if, uh, you know, even if the bite's not good, you can usually pull a few out with it. But Yeah. Well, I hope this bite will, will stay for a while and, and things will, uh, you know, this weather this time of year. we got another front coming through right now. I talked about it a while ago, severe weather. I think they just got a text that there was another tornado warning just popped up in Greene County. No, usually those are the ones that head toward Birmingham. So we'll, we'll see what yeah. happens there. But uh, it's a lot of bad storms coming through. But when you see a storm come through, like, all right, we're going from 70 degrees yesterday, today. And then tomorrow, back down in the 50s, cooler at night again. How does a front like this, how does it affect the fish? You know, we had something similar this last week. And, and honestly, I, I think the Tennessee River, I, I will, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt that it's still a big front and all that. But Tennessee River is still the Tennessee River. And the, the current is going to, they're mm-hmm. going to kick the current on. They may, may be a little bit more lethargic early in the morning and, and maybe for Throughout the day, too, they might not be as great of a bite as it has been, but that current's going to kick back on. That water might come up and start getting a little bit more stain to it. Those fish are still going to bite for you. But, yeah, I mean, if the, the shallower fish may be a little bit harder to bite, you know, early in the morning, they may be on those breaks and stuff like that. They may pull out. But for the most part, this isn't one of those storms where it's just real, real bad. And the cold is just going to stick around. I mean, the next, I think Saturday's high is back in the high 50s or mid fifties at least. I mean, yeah. I think this one's not going to affect them as bad as, you know, the last few, especially two weeks ago when we had that front that come through and everything was just frozen up the next day. But, oh yeah. And yeah. then those fish, I mean, look at those guys on Gunnersville last week in the rattle trap tournament. I mean, they, they left out and I think it was 23, 24 that morning. And, uh, it was just brutal cold on them throughout the day. No, it was, that was Sunday morning. I'm thinking of, uh, I think a Saturday morning was, a, was a little bit more, warmer on the morning it just dropped all throughout the day but i get my days mixed up man i just kind of keep the calendar and call the guy the next day that i got tomorrow so I'm that's not, right I'm that's right yeah <laughs> i hear you man i hear they, you they still caught them though even in those in that post-frontal conditions man they still really, really now you say a good. trout tournament that's it was it's just rattle trout fishing tournament yeah it's the bill lewis rattle trap tournament they have it every year it's just it's one of those you know, it's just a fun tournament just to jump into. You know, it's not one of those high intensity tournaments where you're just, you know, locked on the line or anything like that. You just you right. and your buddy jump into 
team tournament. It's, it's really fun. I've done it once or twice. Uh, if you get down there and, you know, get over there and do it, it's, it's just one of those things where everybody's got to throw the same thing. You just got to go out and try to try to get your best five doing what everybody else is doing, man. It's pretty fun. That is fun, man. That's a fun signing tournament. That's yep. good stuff. Well, if somebody's going to come up there, fish Pickwick or fix, fish Gunnersville over the next couple of days, this weekend, what would your tip of the day be? Man, I, I would say slow down. Don't overwork your trap. Don't overwork a chatterbait. You know, the fish are biting good, and but you got to still think that water temperature is cold. And, you know, those fish are still pretty lethargic, even though they're, you know, they're wanting to eat and they're wanting to feed up and they're fat. You know, they're they're getting their big pre-spawn bellies right now. But if you just slow down, you'll get a lot more bites than if you're just burning through that grass. So I like to downsize my line a little bit more this year or this time of the year and, and just really slow down and try to get it in that grass. I mean, you'll get... You'll get a lot of balled up baits and you'll get grass on your traps and your treble hooks and stuff like that. But give it a little rip and try to clear it off there. And those still, they like to react to that kind of stuff, man. So I just, I'd say slow down and downsize your, your traps to a little bit smaller ones. So I, that's what my tip would be. Good stuff, man. That's a great tip, Cody. Well, hey, man, obviously, if you're putting these uh, big fish in the boat right now, if our listeners have, have considered booking uh, a trip up that way with somebody. It sounds like now would be a good time to give you a call, man. What's the best way for them to reach out to you? I like to do a lot of my trips by email, um, but my email address is Cody, C-O-D-Y dot Basswacker, B-A-S-S-W-H-A-C-K-E-R at gmail.com. Or you can call me or text me at 901-490-0882. Good stuff, Cody. Man, thank you for uh, calling in today. Glad you are catching so many good fish, man. Keep knocking them out up there and and look forward to hearing from you again soon, brother. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, guys, let's take a few minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. Also brought to you by the Alabama Fishing Show and Expo. Come explore a huge gathering of fishing boats, tackle, kayaks, custom lures, rods, reels, apparel, marine electronics, fishing accessories, and more at the Alabama Fishing Show and Expo in Gadsden, Alabama, March 10th through 12th at the venue at Coosa Landing. There will be vendors with fishing, marine, and lake salt life related products. Many of the vendors offer multi-species gear for fresh or salt water. Meet pro anglers, take in a seminar, and bring the whole family. March 10th is Military and First Responders Day, and March 11th is Junior Anglers Day, the Alabama Fishing Show and Expo. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Let's get our second segment of the day. One of my favorite guys, and I know it's y'all's too. Clayton Bats down there on you fall. Clayton, what are you doing, man? Oh, taking it easy today with all this wind, this front we got coming through, and I'm going to get back after it again tomorrow. Man, I'm going to tell you what. I, I, I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I'm actually sitting here uh, watching the wind blow, drinking a little Goat Island Blood Orange Berlin Weiss. It's pretty dang good, Clayton. I'm just going to say. I'm more just like a simple man with either a Bud Light or Crown and Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I I don't know what my this Blood Orange from Goat Island is. It's a, it's a local brewery here in Birmingham, but that gum is good. Kind of like a blue moon with a squeeze of orange in it. You know what I'm saying? I got you. Yeah, we, maybe that's a whole other podcast we need to start. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, it's Breweries. different. We got one here called Omaha Brewery. I hadn't heard of that one. Uh, they, they things are popping up there. Well, let's talk about fishing. Let's talk about fishing. I know that uh, we're watching the storms today. Winds blowing like crazy. So glad you're not out on the water. But uh, what they've been doing, man? To be honest with you, we've been getting about six or eight bites a day. I look for that to really change here with this uh, this front we're talking about. It is a good warm front coming in. I mean, I'm in shorts today, and this guy next week is supposed to be in the 80s here. Uh, lows like. Anywhere in the upper 40s, 50s, they're about to start biting. 
But the bites we have been getting have been groaning. I mean, it's not like you're catching when you get a bite that's a 12 inch, or when you get a bite that's been a four to six pounder. So that's, it's been fun. You get a bite, it's just a lot of casting between them. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. With the guy before you here, uh, he was calling in from Gunnersville, and he was saying the same thing. It's not a numbers thing right now, but they're catching really nice fish. So I'm glad to hear you're doing it down there and you follow as well. So how, how are you? How are you catching them? How are you setting your day up? Uh, I'm catching them. I'm catching them really shallow, which is going to be totally opposite what you'd think with me about right now. But there's the water color right now is real muddy, and it is clearing up. But that's pushed the bite to the bank. I'm catching them on spinnerbait, chatterbait, swim jig, just power fishing up shallow in the dirt. And that's fun fishing, man. And I know you a deep water, you a ledge guy. You a deep water ledge guy, and and you burn it up out there. What drives you from what you love to do out there in the deeper water, open water and on the ledges, what drives you to the bank? Other than that's where the fish are biting right now. I guess that's the, the main water reason. color. Water color? The water color. I mean, if the water color, but we had those fronts, you know, not long ago where we had those the, some 20 degree nights, the 30 degree nights, and it just drove that water temperature. It was 49 to 50 here, which that's cold here when you follow. Yeah. And the fish, we got rain along with it, and those fish that were deep, they may just kind of like turn the lights off on you out there. They can't see the bait. The bait kind of leaves, and it'll go a little bit shallower. And the fish have to go there. That's just your better bite up there shallow on the bank. Whenever that happens, and it's just rolling mud out there offshore. Yeah. So now, now that when you see that mud, you know, hey, it's, let's, let me get out of there, get up to the bank, find a little more clear water, get in the back of some of these channels and sloughs. And uh fun way to fish, though, man. Chatterbaits, swim jigs, I mean, and, and catch some big fish, it sounds like. Right. I mean, it's target fishing. I mean, it's just it's burning up the bank. You can't get caught up and sit in one place right now. If you sit there and cast a, one little stump for 10 casts, you're wasting time. You put one or two in there, and if he don't bite it, you're gone the next thing. Just move on down. Just like you said, power fishing. Just go go get it. I keep that trolling motor on eight or nine, and it's on constant. I know that you're an electronics guy. You not only guide uh, and do an amazing job guiding these bass fishing trips, but you also guide to teach people how to use their electronics. You know, it's very easy to see how those electronics play such a pivotal and critical role uh, on the ledge fishing, the deep water fishing. How do you use them when you're fishing well, you're trolling motor on eight going down the bank, or do you? I mean, they have a bunch. Like when I'm moving into, say, you're going back into a creek, and if you go back into a creek and you're looking and you don't see any bait in that creek, more likely there's not going to be a population of fish in that creek right now. But then you might go a creek down or two creeks down, and you'll idle through it, and there's bait everywhere. That's going to be your better creek out of you know the two or three creeks right there. I mean, that's just one way you can do it right now, and that works extremely well in the fall, the spring, and, and the winter as well. And even in the summer, like finding bluegill beds with your side imaging. And there's a bunch of things you can utilize on those low-inch graphs that up shallow as well as offshore. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. That's a good, that's a good thought. You're not necessarily riding down the bank, looking with your, you know, side view or, or live scope, you know, looking for bass. You're looking for the bait because if the bait are there, you know, it's a pretty solid chance there's a bunch of fish in that area, right? Right, because this time of year, I mean, it's not as much different as the fall. Like this time of year, they've got to feed up for that spawn, and that's what they're doing. And if you go into an area and there's no bait, they don't have nothing to eat, well, they're probably not going to be in there feeding up for the spawn. So you might want to move around and, you know, find you a creek that's got some bait in it. And to keep a real good eye on that water temperature, I mean, right now, if you go back in and I find a creek or a little uh, a pocket or something, that water temperature is two or three degrees warmer than the other one, that's the one I'm getting bit in. Yeah, there you go. Good stuff, man. How will, you know, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked uh, the first caller today. Uh, but when you see a massive front that, like this rolling through right now, how much effect does that? I mean, like you said, you're in shorts right now. Then we're going to get to the 58 degrees, 55 degrees again this, this weekend. How does a, a, a drastic front coming through? And, and we see that this time of year, that's just what we have to deal with. That's Alabama in the in the spring, right? Right. But this one, the one we got coming through right now is a warm front coming through, which I look for next week to be phenomenal here. I mean, they're going to go to biting. And when I say they go to biting, I mean, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's going to be real fun. That's awesome. We got 80 degree days next week. Oh, I mean, wow. it's going to be awesome. This is going to be the first 
And I looked at the long range temperature here. And now we, some of those ones that it's like a night front were to drop down just a little bit. That don't affect them that much because it won't drop that water temperature as much. But this time of year, the main thing you got to look at is you want sunny days. It don't matter if it's warm and it's overcast, that's not eating the water. I mean, it could be 55 and the sun's out, and that's going to warm it more than those overcast days. And then the nighttime temperatures. As long as you keep those nighttime temperatures kind of up, you're okay. You're okay. I just don't like it when it starts getting into those 20s. Right, yeah. Yeah, that that changes things. Yeah, that's great advice, man. The sunny day thing is a very good point. That light penetrating that water, they they move up there and they enjoy that and uh, gets them fired up. So that's something to think about when you're planning a trip. Uh, this time of year, we're about it's to hit, sunny like, or cloudy. The perfect storm is like kind of hitting right now because we kind of got our water's not clear, but it's not it's not that extreme mud anymore. It's got a good, good and heavy stain to it, and that stuff. When those eighty degree days hit, it's gonna warm up so fast because I'm we're hitting fifty six right now, and I look probably in the next week it's gonna be up sixty or sixty one. Oh man, it'll be on. What about uh, what about color buying. this time of year when you're fishing? Yeah, I mean, does does color seem to play any? Make any difference? I'm not like a bunch of guys. I keep everything simple when it comes to color. Um, I'm swimming a jig or throwing a spinnerbait. I'm throwing black and blue or chartreuse and white. Simple. I'm more into putting it where the bait needs to be in the presentation than necessarily the color, but they'll bite one of those two colors with the right presentation to them. There you go. Good stuff, man. All right, buddy. Well, if somebody's going to come fish you following this weekend, what's your tip of the day? Tip of the day right now with all these, we got stuff moving with these fronts and everything is to keep moving and don't get bogged down. And even if you get a bite in an area, I would still keep moving and maybe come back to it a couple hours later because it's not the time of year right now until they come up the spawn where you're going to be able to sit there and really saturate and fish an area real slow and catch them and they'll keep coming. Just hit it and keep going right now. Catch a fish and move on. That's right. That's a great tip, Clayton. Hey guys, look, Clayton's been on this show forever. He's one of our favorite guests. We love having him. We appreciate him. And uh, I'm sure that y'all heard it on here before, but not only is he a great guy down on Ufala, but he also can train you on your electronics. He's as good as there anybody in the country on using them. And uh, he offers a very good service to help you guys also become uh, very comfortable and, and get everything set up right. So if you want to reach out to Clayton, Clayton, what's the best way for him to call you? Get up with you. Uh, then call my cell phone and I'll answer it 24 hours a day. It's 334-310-8338. Good stuff, Clayton. All right, man. We appreciate it, brother. Stay safe out there and we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all. All right, man. Thank you. Thank All you. right, guys. Let's just take a couple more minutes and hear from some more sponsors. We'll be right back. L&M Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoon boats, to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. Also brought to you by Baker's Metalworks in D.C. Supply. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, let's get to the second segment. Let's talk about crazy, crazy weather we have right now and the weather changes and the rain. I want to hear from a fisherman. I want to hear what the fish are doing right now. I can't think of anybody better than my buddy Braxton Hopper to jump on the show with us. Braxton, what are you doing, buddy? Uh, right now, I'm heading to go fishing. I can't, I can't let this one pass me up. 
And I'm going to tell you what, they're going to bite today. Yes, sir, they are. They're biting right now. Right now. Got a little warm, got a little sunshine Mm -hmm. popped out. It was cloudy this morning, but uh, here this afternoon, the sun's broke through a little bit. And, uh, man, I bet you you can take that old chatterbait right now and tear some lips up. I brought two rods, and both of them are chatterbaits. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I'm that good that I just pegged that. You got it going on, man. You do this. This is your thing. You know this. <laughs> it's your thing. This well, hey, thing. Braxton, let's 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 talk about you, man. That's enough about me. This show's about you. So you're you're fishing for you, for you guys who might not have heard Braxton on here before. You're a senior this year, right? Are you junior? You're yes, senior. Sir. I'm senior. a senior. Yes, sir. That's right. You're senior at Chelsea High School. A member of the Chelsea uh, fishing team. And right. uh, man, tell us what is going on with Chelsea fishing right now. How you guys? How many right now, you got? How are y'all doing? When does it start, or has it started? Uh, it's it's full stream. It never stops. But uh, right now, I think the most that I've seen from my, what I've seen, the most people on the team in my three years of being there. And right now, we're getting ready. There's a tournament on Lake Harding in about two weeks, and everybody's going to go to that one. I'm fishing the. Uh, there's a two-day airport marine on Lake Gunnersville this weekend. I'm going. I'm getting prepared for all that. But really, that's about it. That's all that's going on. We fished a couple tournaments a couple weeks ago at Martin. And they were like back to back, and we did pretty good in those. But uh, after that, it's been kind of. It was. We took a slump for a minute, but now I think it's about to crank back up. Well, good man. I know you had a great year last year, and and uh, man, you won a lot of tournaments. Came in first in them, and, and Chelsea did good. But, uh, man, you got to – you you know, you going to be able to repeat and bring back some wins again this year? I'm trying my best, dude. It's – I haven't won one yet, but I've come real close. And I've had, you know, one that got off that would have sealed it for me. That, that happens to everybody. But I want to tell myself I'm due. I can't get this close and it not happen, but I really don't know. It's all it, – it has to be your day if you win. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's how it is. Well, the first mistake you made was taking my son fishing on, in a tournament the other day. Dude, uh, he did good. He did good. If they were biting, we would have won the tournament. I felt, I felt confident in that. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Maybe I've taught him something in his in his 18 years. What you've done? I mean, I don't know what you did, but it was it was right. Well, you got good. that one down. Good, good man. Glad to hear. It. Yeah. Well, we got a baseball game as you know this afternoon. So uh, right. we're going to knock this thing out, and then I'm going to have to head to Pell City right there at Logan Martin, man, one of my favorite places to be. And uh, But one. instead of going up down the lake, I'm going to be up there watching some baseball this afternoon. But what are the fish doing right now, Braxton? I mean, that's what this show's about, and we love hearing about, you know, what you guys are doing. Uh, you, you high school fishermen, man, y'all get after it. Y'all compete. Right. I know you're on the water a lot. With this time of year and the weather weather changes, I mean, how do you approach a day right now? Well, today days like today, it's sunny. It's seventy five degrees. There's a little bit of wind that makes fish go shallow, and they stay there until something changes and they go to eating. Something triggers them in their brain, and they go shallow. They go to eat anything that moves. So aggressive. right now, if they get very aggressive, they get mean right now. And the water is still cold, but this temperature they know they know it's hot outside they know what it feels like outside and that'll just bring them up so they know it feels good and they they want to feel good so they're going to go up shallow and they're going to start eating because this is what makes them bite yeah well so that kind of stuff we know they're moving shallow like you already said you got two rods and both of them got a chatterbait on so you know kind of how you're going to approach this afternoon you're going to beat the bank, right? I mean, you're fishing. Um, is there any grass right now that you're fishing, or are you just fishing laydowns? Are you just going down the bank fishing? If, if there's some on the bank, I'll fish. I know I'll fish grass. I'll fish it around grass. I'll throw it up in the grass. I'll punch the grass, too. I should have brought one of them. And if there's anything on the bank that a fish could sit on, you throw a chatterbait by it, your, your chances will be high. They might not be on every single one, or they might, but – if you're throwing something by the bank, something on the bank that a fish can be on, you're you're in the right area. All right, where are you headed today, by the way? Well, right now I'm headed to go into one of my buddy's ponds. He's just he called me up and was like, "Hey, I think they're biting. You want to come on?" I was like, "Yeah, I got. I, I'll come on." Heck yeah, dang right. Hey, I love that pond up. fishing. It's a good one. I haven't been in a minute, so this is I'm I'm not used to not having the trolling motor around to move around. Right. I'm gonna have to step on this one. 
<laughs> hey, uh, so let's let's say that you were going. Let's say that instead of going to a pond, you were headed to Logan Martin or Lay Lake. I know you fish both those a lot. You fish Martin a lot. And right. when we think this type of year, like you said, Braxton, the fish are moving up. They are up. And especially right. with the sun out 75 degrees, you know, the fish are tearing it up right now. And if you're going mm-hmm. and you're like, man, I want to go fish today. I know when we shallow, normal fish, a rattle trap or jerk bait or uh, chatter bait or whatever it may be. If we're deep water fishing, we can look at a body of water, at a topo map in the summertime when they're out deep and we can see these points and these channels and these, you know, and we can kind of go, okay, specific areas that I want to target based off of a topo map. When you're going to bank fishing, there's a lot of bank. I think Lake Martin's got 976 miles of shoreline. Right. Logan Martin's not much difference. I think it's in the six or 700 miles of shoreline. How do you narrow it down? How do you decide this time of year what area of that lake you're going to fish? Well, a lot of it has to do with what's on the bank and what the bank, you know, how deep it is, what it has to like what's on the bank that a fish could get on and how much of there like how much of it there is. And if you can find that you can go down the bank and you can look and there'll be you'll have the now you'll have the map on your graphs, so you can kind of see like what the bank what it looks like under the water, like how mm-hmm. deep it'll be if it drops straight off if it's a big flat you can see all that and you kind of got to feel it out. Really. You got to fish them. You, you really don't know what they'll be on. There's not one. I mean, there's a few, but you can't really just say, okay, they're going to be on this bank. Every time I go fishing, you can't really do that. You got to figure it out. So you got to fish. If they want to be on straight drop off banks, you got to fish those and check those. If they want to be on flatter banks, you got to go up there and check that. And eventually it'll, they'll tell you what they want to be on. And when you figure that out, you just run a bunch of that and, You'll be set. You'll know what they're on, and you know you know what to throw. You'll be on them. You know, I would think this time of year. Right now, we've got cold days, we've got hot days, we've got muddy water days, we've got clear water. Days. It's all over the freaking board, right? Right. So, I would think that these fish right now, with the weather changes, drastic weather changes, I would think they're still going to be close to deep water. So in my mind, I would probably go out there and go, okay, where was I catching fish on a wintertime pattern? Cause they're probably going to be real close to that because they're, there's still a good chance they're going back and forth between them based on the day. Right. That is right. Well, that is correct. They'll, they'll some that'll sit out in deeper water or they'll, they'll pull off a little bit and they're not going to move far. They're not just going to run 300 yards away just to something different they're just going to go to what's closest to them and what they got right so if they're if you were catching fish in an in an area that during the winter when it was real cold and say that was off the bank in some pretty deep water you can go up to where the like the shallowest the closest shallow place you can find and they will probably fish there in yeah. my mind but those fish they'll move around a lot so they can move anywhere but if you go up shallow and to uh, after fishing a place that you've caught them in winter deep deep fishing you'll be in the right place i would think you'll yeah. be around them i would too so in my mind i would go out there and i would be concentrating more on the outside edges i don't know and and if the fish i wouldn't be back in the backs of the creeks yet i think they're right. going to be there and, and some are probably there now but i think closer right. out to the main to the main channel you are i think would be really good because the fish will be moving back and forth. We got another uh, got another cold front coming through, don't we? I'm going to look real In quick. In North Alabama, yes. In North Alabama? I think Central and South Alabama is going to pro- – it might get a little bit colder, but it'll still stay pretty nice. I, I mean, think. we're going to go Saturday, the high is 54, the low is 39. So it's going to be back right. down in highs 50, lows in the 30s. So those oh, fish okay. may bounce right back out. Maybe. Right. So, yeah, I think I'd stay on them right. outside edges right now a little bit. It uh, wouldn't, that's not a bad idea. And there's always fish that live in places. Like, they get born there, and they live there their entire life, and they will never leave. And those, but you can always go catch, or you can try to go catch residents. It just, can, some conditions are a lot better than others. 
And you can always go find fish that move around. They pull out deep. When it gets warm, they'll pull back up. When it gets colder, they'll pull out deep again. And there, there's all you have a lot of variety you can go yeah. try and catch. All right, let's talk about chatterbait. You've got two of them tied on. We've already discussed that. We know that this is a great time of year to have a chatterbait tied on. Right. Question number one, what about color? Does it matter this time of year? Or just throw a dang or just get a generic color and don't worry about it? Or do you do you think color comes into play? And number two, what's your secret to fishing a chatterbait? Do you do something different? Do you try what do you try to do? with that chatterbait other than they just throw it and reel it well i think color has to do a little bit with it like well usually a chatterbait bite is usually a reaction strike it's just something that's loud it makes a lot of vibration it's moving quick and they got they go and put their mouth on it before they know what they're doing but and there's colors that will trigger that like a bright cut like a right now i would throw a probably some with some orange in it it doesn't have to be straight orange or it could be straight orange but some with some orange in it and something to go with, like a orange trailer or a, something dipped in orange, chartreuse, anything. And then I would throw a white. There's always fish eating shad, no matter what time right. of the year it is. But yeah. and then you just cat you cast it by some, and you reel it down by it, and they'll just go, they'll go put their mouth on it before they know what they're doing. And I really, that's all I do really is just if there's some on the bank, I'll cast up to it and I reel it back. I don't jerk it, let it drop, pop, reel it real fast or kill it. I just kind of. I, I chuck and wine mostly. I might chuck and let it go to the bottom and yes, sir. Try to tickle That's the top it. of a little grass every now and then or bump a stick if there's one around. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. what's next for Chelsea High School? Where y'all at next? Uh, we are going to head be at Lake Harding March the 5th. That's right. You just told me that a while ago. March 5th. How many people are on the Chelsea team now? I would say probably closer to 40 people. Good gracious. There's a, It's a lot, man. It's a Chelsea fishing has come a long way. It sounds like it. That's that's really phenomenal, man, and that's encouraging for right. the future of the the sport. And, uh, and uh, I, I love mean, a lot of them are real young kids. That's awesome. Well, that's yes, good stuff, sir. man. Well, if you were going to give a tip of the day today, if somebody's going fishing this weekend, next few days, what would your tip be? Well, right now, I would say go shallow and throw at anything on the bank: grass, wood, stumps, rocks, anything. But this weekend, it's going to be a little colder, so you might need to they'll, – they'll still be fishing that area. They're not going to leave. They just might lock down a little bit and hunker down, not move. But then you got to got to fish a little bit slower with your jig, shaky head maybe, if it's real hard. Uh, you can still throw moving bait, like crankbaits, chatterbaits still work. But if it were me, I would stick shallow through this weekend and and probably until it gets warm again, and then all you got to worry about not fishing shallow anymore. Yeah, that's right. That's if it right. were me. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Well, we appreciate it, buddy. Yes, sir. Keep us posted. Look forward to having you on through the year and uh, keep up with uh, with what's going on in the high school fishing. So uh, yes, always sir. appreciate you jumping on, buddy. Anytime, man. Go with a hook, man. Catch a big one today. I'll, I'm going to go try my best. All right, Braxton. Take care, man. We'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. You too. You have a good one. You too. All right, guys, let's take just a few minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. MallardBay.com is the Airbnb-style marketplace for discovering and booking your next guided hunting and fishing adventures. The Mallard Bay platform was built by sportsmen for sportsmen. Their mission is to help expand access to affordable and successful hunting by connecting you with verified outfitters across the U.S. You can browse trips and prices by state or species, select the dates you'd like to go, message outfitters, and secure your dates all from one platform, mallardbay.com. Not sure where you want to go yet? Reach out on Instagram or Facebook, and they can help you find your dream hunt. And also brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Since 1989, Southeastern Pond Management has been a leader in pond and lake management services. If you own a pond or a lake anywhere in the Southeast, Southeastern Pond Management can evaluate the health of your pond and then work with you individually to put together the right plan to get what you want out of your body of water. Through electrofishing, liming, fertilizing, and weed control, Southeastern Pond Management is the one-stop shop to help you produce more healthy, trophy fish than ever before. 
And if you're interested in building a new pond or lake, give these guys a call to help evaluate your land and design the best possible body of water for you. If you're anywhere in the Southeast, schedule an obligation-free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepond.com. And brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. Hey, I'm really excited for this next segment. We appreciate all our callers. Always look for new guys to bring new things to the show. And that's exactly what we've got. We've got Tracy Umber from Tennessee River Chain, and he is a crappie man. And uh, I can't wait to get into it with Tracy. Tracy, what's going on, buddy? Hey, not much, not much. Uh, Sitting here watching it rain a little bit and the wind blow like crazy. Well, Tracy, man, you know, uh, one of our longtime callers, Brad Whitehead, gave me your name and told me to reach out and he's like, man, let's do it. And, uh, so I appreciate you taking the time to jump on the podcast and, and, uh, we want to hear what the crappie are doing on the Tennessee river right now and where you're fishing, like what lake. First of all, uh, Brad, he's a heck of a fisherman. You know, it's, uh, it's hard to follow him up and, and even be in the same sentence with Brad. So uh, I appreciate him having a little confidence in me, uh, right now. Uh, we're fishing the, the BCDA lake. The water is a little bit more stable down there. Cedar Creek and Little Bear for the, are the two that we mainly fish and I fish. So, you know, with, I live here on the river, but this water has been fluctuating on the river so much. So these fish don't know, they don't know what to do, you know, with it going up, coming down, going up, coming down, even in down on Bear Creek at Rose Trail. Uh, those fish are... They're, they're they're almost blind because the water's rushing in and out, in and out. So we try to stay down at Cedar early because the water is a little bit more stable and predictable. So mm-hmm. Been down there, uh, had a couple trips already uh, this month, had some good numbers and some really good size. Oh, that's good, man. Right. So, you know, you're fishing a river system, so there is a lot of current. So like this time of year, uh, you know, the fish have, have, have probably been out in deeper water earlier in the year. Maybe they're moving up now. What kind of depth are you fishing? Well, I tell you, uh, down at Cedar and Little Bear, uh, there's not that much current there. Those are flood control impoundments that they catch water to keep it off of the river with. So they're more like a, just a, a stable lake. Uh, the current doesn't really bother you, but I've been fishing anywhere from 20 foot of water to 40 foot of water. But now here's the kicker. The fish have only been six to eight foot deep. Dang. Even in the coldest even in the coldest days of February, uh, I've had to fish very few days over eight foot deep. 10 foot wow. Deep. Yes, sir. I guess, you know, that it sounds crazy, uh, but with the, the, uh, the new electronics, uh, this is my first year with LiveScope guiding with it Mm -hmm. and uh it's an amazing tool that has allowed me to fish places i'm still fishing the same areas but instead of fishing 12 14 foot deep like i normally do uh and hoping that they're there i'm fishing six to eight foot deep and knowing they're there so Trace, if you had to, and I've got a reason for asking this because my dad was asking me and i got to have an answer for my dad (laughs) If you had to pick some electronics that had, you know, side scope, side vision and down or live view, live scope, which one would you, which one is more impactful, you think? Or do they both have their place? Uh, they both have their place, but over the last four months, it's live scope hands down. Uh, you know, I might go out there and scan an, side scan an area. Uh, to see if the fish are there. But i tell you what I'm doing. I'm doing something a little bit different than most people. The old-timers would go and sit on a treetop, and they'd sit there all day and catch every fish down there. Uh, I haven't been hung in a treetop this year. Wow. So have not lost a jig this year. I'm chasing down open-water fish, 10-pound braid, uh, sniping braid. It is one of the best braids out there. 
it casts easy. You're normally pitching 20, 25 foot to a specific fish. Mm-hmm. You know, if I look over there and I see, if I see a school of five and three of them are little, well, I don't, I don't even try to get my jig close to those fish. I try to go for the bigger fish. And it seems like the bigger fish actually are loners. They kind of stay off to themselves a little bit uh, from what I've noticed. Man, so, that is crazy, isn't it? That we've come that far so, in fishing where you can target the fish you want. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just because you can see that fish does not mean they're going to bite every time. But if you will mess with him enough and put that jig right where it needs to be, oh, he'll bite. Eventually, he will bite. Now, you may, I've, I've chased fish 100, 150 yards, and they'd go down, and then they'd come up. They'd go down and come up. Finally, they'd come up and stop. Well, when they come up and stop and just sit there about six to eight foot deep and looking up, they're there for one reason and one reason only, and that's to eat. That's to eat. Yes, sir. And so when they when they when they get in that position, they're they're almost easy to catch. When you're looking for fish and you're using your electronics, are you are you looking? You know, and I'm sure you've got tons of places marked where either you put stuff out or there's natural roots or treetops or things like that. Are you going to those areas? And looking and going, well, there's nothing at this one. Let me move on to the next one. Well, nothing at this one. Let me move to the next one. And then find fish. I mean, are they still around structure most of the time? They are. Cedar Creek has a lot of standing timber around the edges of the lake. I'm talking it's probably 50 to 75 yards deep of nothing but standing timber. Uh, I've got in that timber since live scope. uh, And I've noticed that. When those fish are snugged up next to that tree, they are really not wanting to eat. But now if they're off of the tree six inches, a foot, and looking up, uh, if you can get the jig to them, they will eat. They'll eat. They will. Uh, Yes, yes, sir. Uh, In brush piles, if they're buried down in the brush pile, they're hard to catch. Even if you get your jig or minnow down to them, they're hard to catch. But if they're suspended up above or in the very tops and the tips of the of the brush they feed uh they'll they'll able to charge out of there eight five eight ten foot and hit your bait wow i wonder I, what I it is and you may know the answer to this you know and i know part of the answer to this is is sunlight sometimes but have you been able to identify since you've been fishing with the, the you know, through the years with, and, and especially with the live scope, is there certain type days, what conditions cause that fish to get tight in that root ball and not feed? And what, what conditions do you see them get out away from the structure? You know, down at, down at Cedar, it's almost just as backwards as it's supposed to be on a, a bright, sunshiny day. Those fish seem to bite better. Now, on the river, uh, now Cedar is a deep, clear lake. It's a rocky bottom, clear lake, which normally means the fish are finicky, you know, especially mm-hmm. with bright, sunshiny days. Those fish are not. You really like to have a little sunshine down there. Now, out here on the river, I'd much rather have a, a dark, an overcast day. The sunlight, this time of year, the sunlight, of course, it's going to warm, warm the water up. And those fish are going to follow the, the bait. Mm-hmm. So as the water warms, the bait's coming up. But I will tell you this, as far as that bait goes, if I see a bunch of bait on my live scope, I just kind of get out of the area because it's hard to compete with real live chefs. I'll just be honest with you. They yeah. don't want to bite good. So, you know, with that said, uh, the sunlight, it does play a big role. Normally, typically on a clear lake, sunny day, calm, sunny day, They'll snug up in that brush, and they'll snug up next to a tree. And then, of course, as the water gets hotter, I actually think it it cools it off in the shade, just like it does for me and you, you know? Right. So, you know, Well, that's interesting. I know one of our callers from from Lake Eufaula, uh, Tony Adams, he calls in a lot, and and one of our our popular guests, but, and he is a, man, that that joker can catch him, but. He talks about down at Eufaula. He says, now I'll just speak for, for this lake, not for all lakes in Alabama, but he said, our, our fish here hate the sunlight. And uh, they really? they get really, really tight in, you know, where on 
overcast days, you may, you may see fish, you know, 10 foot away from the structure. They get out and roam and feed <clears throat> the same black mole. Right. So it's interesting for me as a guy that gets to talk to people uh, that fish different places across the state, uh, how some lakes are, are, you know, and just, just like you were just talking about, you know, at, at, at one of the lakes you fish, seems like they like the light, the bright, you know, the sunshine when I, days. When I first moved up here about five, six years ago and started fishing up here, me and Brad became buddies. And I started fishing cedar, and he told me, he said, there ain't no sense in going tomorrow. It's going to be overcast. Said, them fish don't like overcast down there. I said, oh, you crazy. That's the best time to go. Yeah. Well, you'd go down there, and, you know, you'd go down there and catch three or four fish. Of course, that's Brad been up here all of his life. Yep. And, uh, I was too hard-headed to listen, but it, it's it's an actual fact up here. They like sunlight. Ain't uh, that something. And they don't, and so far, they don't go deeper just because of sunlight, because like I said, Six to eight foot's been the range for us, you know. Wow, that's good stuff, man. Well, do you do you more? Are you more a guy that's? I mean, are you are you fishing live? First of all, you fishing live bait or jigs mainly? Um, jigs, jigs okay. all the way now. Any any specific color that seems to be on right now? I tell you, white has been really good, even though the the water has been dingy. A uh, white has been really good. A, an electric chicken, which is the total op- opposite spectrum. You know, you've got chartreuse and pink, but, and, and that goes back to the sunlight as well. The other day I was fishing and, and I hate to say this because my wife, she was with me and you know, us men, we don't necessarily don't want to listen to our wives all the time, especially about fishing. Well, right. Right. We sat there, we sat there and I pitched out and I reeled in and the fish followed it all the way to the boat and never bit done that five or six times. She said, well, you need to change colors. I said, oh, you're crazy. You know? So <laughs> I, I had a, a pink and uh, a black and pink on, and that's what they had hit the afternoon or the morning before. I changed to an orange and chartreuse, and the first cast I made, when I come by the fish, wham, he smoked it. So they may hit something in the morning, uh, one color, and if they quit, just change colors. Don't stick with that same color all day. Don't, yeah, don't be scared to change what not you're right. I'm trying right. to envision what you're doing here. So, you know, a lot of times when we're thinking crappie fishing, we're vertical fishing, we're getting over the top of the fish and we're, you know, with a jig pole or a spin reel and we're, we're going straight down or we're trolling. It sounds like you're casting to I'm the fish. A, I'm using a seven foot medium light Shimano rod. Uh, with, like I said, 10-pound snapping braid, which has actually got a 4,000th diameter to it. So it's, I mean, you can just flick it. It's basically a pitch, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll zoom out to 100, 125 foot, and I'll, I'll see a fish, and I'll go to him. And once I get to within 30 foot, I'll slow down, let the, tr- let the boat calm down, and then just barely bump the trolling motor. And when he stops or when he sets still, you pitch it out. If he's at 20 foot, you pitch your jig to 25 foot feet, and you keep that jig above him. Uh, if you go below him, 99, 95 times out of 100, he's not going to hit it. But if you bring that jig across the top of his head, they cannot stand it. If it's the wrong color, like I said earlier, they'll follow it all the way to the boat. I've had them to hit. At the last minute, they decide they want to hit, hit, and dang near get tangled up in the trolling motor. Uh, they'll follow it all the way up to the trolling motor. I've actually bumped the trolling motor to scare them back away from the boat and then chase them down again and, and go try to catch them. That's so, crazy. I love that. That's such a cool-sounding way it to is, fish. Uh, and I've, I've never heard, talked to anybody that fishes for crappie that way, and that, that's very cool. But let me ask you this. I'm, I'm trying to envision this. I'm looking at live scope. I've, okay. I've moved out. You know, I'm looking at 120 foot in front of the boat. How in the heck do you know if you're looking at a crappie or a bass or a brim? By where they're sitting, they're going to look like a vertical line uh, at 100 foot. You can't tell what it is, but you can tell it's a fish. Mm-hmm. But if he's up there in that six to eight foot range where crappie have been a being, uh, you can just about count on it uh being there crappie are not i'm not going to say they're not real active swimmers but for the most part they're going to stay fairly still for you mm-hmm. now, if you see some fish that's 
just burning it towards you, a school of them that's that's coming to you faster than you're going to them, it's probably some white bass or, uh, well, just like uh, Monday I was on uh, Wilson and these fish were just darting everywhere. Well, I finally got one to stop out there at 25, 30 foot and I pitched to him and it was a skipjack, so probably about a three to four pound skipjack, biggest skipjack I've ever caught. But that thing was darting around like a rocket ship. I mean, he was like a torpedo. Moving. But crappie will normally sit up in the water column. And that's another thing. When you get up close to it, if it dives, goes down, you might as well go find you another fish. He's not interested in in feeding right then. The bigger fish, the catfish, the bigger fish, the catfish, the drum, uh, you can see their tails. Uh, you know, if there's a lot of tail action and he's got the square, the grid filled up on the uh, depth finder, you better just leave him alone because he's not what you're looking for. Uh, that is good <laughs> stuff, man. That's so interesting, man. I'm, I'm I'm so glad you've called in today and uh, and got on the show. But if you're going to leave our listeners, we always like to do a tip of the day. But if you're going to leave our listeners for a tip of the day, if they're coming up to fish in that area, what would your tip be? My tip would be, don't fish as deep as what you think you need to be fishing just because it's February. LiveScope has proven to me that these fish are not as deep as we think they are. There's good quality fish that's six or eight foot deep. My son, he doesn't have LiveScope, but he uh, long lines. So I tell him, hey, the fish are at eight foot deep. So he sets his long lines to where they're running six to eight foot deep. And he catches fish long lining at the same depth as I am. Now, last year, now don't get me wrong, there's still some fish deep, but the ones that are up in the column, they are the ones really wanting to eat. They're the ones that are, 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 are really active right now. That's a great tip, Tracy. Well, yes, if somebody wants to book a trip with you, I know that that's part of what you do is, is guide as well. If they want to book a trip with you, obviously, if they hear you on this podcast, they're going to know that you know what you're doing and you're catching fish up there. But uh, what's the best way for people to contact you uh, to book a trip the easiest and best way is if you're on facebook i've got a uh a fishing page it's tracy umber fishing and that's h-u-m-b-e-r and i don't mind giving my phone number out at 662-574-0649 i don't have anything available for the next month it's just you know the good lord's been good to me he provides the customers so that's yeah. awesome man and the fish and the fish there you go you can eat both well tracy thank you for getting on today man and and guys y'all be sure and give tracy a call and uh but get on get on now man because this guy's filling up obviously you can tell is he's he's filling that calendar up so book a trip with him and uh go up there on the tennessee river and north alabama and 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 enjoy some good crappie fishing tracy man thank you so much and look forward to having you back on again soon brother yes sir thank you Uh, take care that's going to be a wrap for this week's show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a minute, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review wherever you, you listen. And if you'd like us to email you the podcast, we'll do it every week. All you have to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767. We will email you the show each and every week. Stay safe out there, guys. We'll talk to you all next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Texas Hunter. Since 1954, Texas Hunter Products has delivered the finest quality fishing game feeders and hunting blinds in the industry. To learn more, visit TexasHunter.com. And by NorthAlabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you're experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land the big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. Also brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona. Check them out on sepond.com. And by Killer Dock. Killer Dock combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDock.com to check out the greatest fish cleaning station known to mankind. And by Bucks Island. 
Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs as well as motor sales and services and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And Botanist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. These ultralight night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. Photonist Defense, masters of darkness. And by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And by... The all-new Alabama Fishing Show is coming to Gaston, Alabama, March the 10th through the 12th. The venue at Coosa Landing on George Wallace Drive. AlabamaFishingShow.com